want to go, you know, because I'm talking about the importance of Scripture, staying with Scripture, I want to go back to the purpose of Scriptures. Why did God give us Scriptures? Can you go to a place in the Bible where you can find why God gave us the Scriptures? What is He looking to do for us through Scriptures? That's what I want to talk about. And then I will talk also about some of the problems that we are having in the last days. Because you know the Bible says we are in the last days. And these are tough times. And you have to have your eyes open constantly. Because there is an enemy there who has been here before you got here. He's been here for a long time. And we just got here and probably at the most you get 120 if you really live long and you're gone. But he's been here. And uh, but thank God God was here before he got here. <laughs> so we can rely on God's word. But the Bible tells us in Second Timothy chapter 3 verse 16 and 17. It says all scripture is given. All of them, not some. All scripture is given by the inspiration, inspiration of God. So we know all scripture is God brain. God gave it the scriptures to us. And then it tells us scriptures are profitable. You can profit from scriptures. It says, and it's profitable first for doctrine. So scriptures, the primary, first purpose is what? Doctrine. You can profit from doctrine. And if the doctrine is not right, you may not profit from scriptures. So scriptures is supposed to guide doctrine. That's the first thing, doctrine. I like to go to um, Romans chapter 6, verse 17, and just to, you know, uh, go a little bit into the importance of doctrine and what doctrine would do for you. Because that's what, why scripture is given, doctrine. No other thing first, doctrine. Romans chapter 6. Verse 17. Well, I guess they are there before I got there. It says, uh, But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart, what? That form of doctrine. So doctrine is very important. To which you were delivered. So doctrine has to be delivered to you. And when doctrine is delivered to you, you must receive the doctrine. But not only receiving the doctrine, you must obey the doctrine. And guess what the the result is? Verse 18 says, And having been set free from sin, so you were slaves of sin, but the doctrine that was delivered to you, that you accepted, and that you obeyed, set you free from sin. That's the only way to be free from sin. No other way. Through doctrine. So the, the, the word of God is given to us so we can profit from it. By way of doctrine, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof. That's rebuke. That's never pleasant. But that's why God gave scripture. Sometimes we need to be rebuked. I need to be rebuked. Sometimes the Lord does it. And sometimes he will use people to rebuke you. 
But not to harm you, but to bring you to a place where you can profit from scriptures. So it's given for reproof, for correction. But not only that, for instruction in righteousness. So you are already righteous when you become a Christian. When you become born again, the Bible gives you, the Bible says you're righteous. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. You, are, you will never be more righteous tomorrow than you are right now. That's just the truth. But you need instruction in righteousness. And the only place to get instruction in righteousness from scriptures. No other way. So basically, you, you, as you walk your life as a, as a believer, a righteous person of God, the way to guide you how to live this righteous life that's been put on you, the only way to correctly do it is by scripture. No other way. And the purpose of this is the, for, of all of what we've said, the doctrine, the reproof, the correction, the instruction in righteousness. The purpose is that the man of God or the woman of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for what? Good works. Nothing but good works. That's what is important to God. All of it is to produce good works. If you don't have the reproof, you don't have the doctrine, you don't have the instruction in righteousness, you won't be complete and you really are not equipped for good works. God has to do it. And this is the only way it comes, through the word of God. The problem today is Christians are not teachable. You can't teach them. They already know. Sometimes Christians believe, you know, some, I've heard people just because they are associated with a ministry, maybe a man of God that is known, you know, around the world. When they are around me, they just attend that church. They are not that man, but they talk to me like they are the very great guy. They talk down just because they are part of the ministry. <laughs> He's probably don't, never there for the most part. But he talks like, yes, because I have got, I've been in this ministry, or because the minister knows me by name, so I, may be this, I, must, I must be this guy. And they talk to you. And then when you examine your life, you're wondering, what's going on? You've been with him and you're still like this? That's the thing that you find. It's not who you're associated with. Human is who you associated with up that reveals what here. You not know, be taught anything. If they go to this place and they get maybe get a hold of a book and they think, Well, you already got it. It doesn't work that way. You heard the scriptures walk out your salvation with what? Fear and trembling. It's not where you go, not the revival you attend. It's what God is working through you. That's the important thing. And so the major problem is what Jesus told us is so clear. When you claim you're already there, or you claim you already know, you're going to have a problem with the Lord. Because he made a statement in John chapter 6. This is what he said from verse 39. And Jesus said, 
For judgment I have come into this world. For judgment I have come into this world. That those who do not see may see. And those who see may be, be made blind. Guess the word he said. Be made blind. If you claim you see, you become blind. You are made Jesus said, I came for judgment. So if you claim that this is who you are, you already know it, you can become blind. Verse 40 says, Then some of the Pharisees who were with him heard these words and said to him, because they believe they already know. And they're looking down and then, uh, looking down on the, the people that were following Jesus, like these are just common people, they, are not, they don't know anything about God. They claim they know better and Jesus said these ones that they claim are blind they'll see they ask are we blind also this is what Jesus said Jesus said to them if you were blind you will have no sin but now you say we see therefore your sin remains basically when you claim that you already know (laughs) there is nothing can be done, that can be done anymore. You stay in your blindness. That's why Jesus said, if the light that is in you be darkness, how great is that darkness? It's very dark. The key thing is, we need to understand we are in the last days, and a lot of things are happening. A lot of things. I hear a lot of things. I don't choose to speak them from the pulpit because it's really not my business. I need to be faithful to the calling that God has called me. That's all he demands from me. That's what we were singing tonight. Remember? Faithfulness. Faithfulness. Holiness. Holiness. That's what God wants from us. Faithfulness is so important. I'm going to go some scripture here. Proverbs uh, chapter 20 verse 6. We there? He says, most men will proclaim each his own goodness. But who can find a faithful man? Most men will claim, you know, I'm great. That's just the way we are. But God is looking beyond that. God is looking for faithfulness. It's one thing, you know, as a pastor, you walk with people and see people in church. You know those who are faithful. Right? I know them. But sometimes those that are not as faithful claim, <laughs> they will claim that they know they, they are loved, they're coming from the top. You're just wasting your time with me. I know it, 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 God is looking for faithfulness. And when He called me, that's exactly, He told me several times, you worry about nothing, just be faithful. I don't know everything. All I need to do is be faithful uh, to what he called me to do. I don't produce the results. He has to. If he doesn't, nothing happens. So I'm at peace with myself. Because all I have to do is be faithful to him. And when you come back to him, what is he going to say to you? Good and faithful. That's all I want to hear. <laughs> Not how much I did. I just need to hear good. But most men will proclaim their goodness. But God says, what I'm looking for is faithfulness. When, times, when things are tough, things are not going as well as you want them, you are faithful. Amen. You're going. I, I, that, I love faithfulness. 
It's very important. That's what God is looking for. Most men will claim they are very, they are good and all of this stuff, but God is saying, hey, what's that goodness you're talking about? Where is your faithfulness? That's what is important. So we are in the last days, and 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 through 5, tells us this. You all are faithful. You're here tonight. Amen. <laughs> it's very tough, you know, when I see your faithfulness and you talk spiritual to me. It doesn't sit well with me. Because it's the little things that matter. You understand what I'm saying? It's not the big things. It's the little things. It's the little foxes. The little things. If, if you are faithful in the little things, then you are faithful. But if I can determine there is no faithfulness here, you just do what you want. Because it's free. That's the danger we are in because Christianity is free. I mean, you do whatever you want to do. We wait for judgment. But faithfulness is the key. In the la- we are in the last days. And look at this. Second Timothy chapter 3, 1 through 5. And I'm going to show you certain things. It's so, it's so important. And for you also to learn how you conduct yourself. I stay with scriptures. I told somebody one time, I think it was Sherman, who were in the office. And I told him that there is a guy, I know a fellow, if he calls me on the phone, I won't pick up the phone. And that's very hard for me to do. I will not. He's a brother. But the Bible is clear. If a man walks disorderly, don't even eat with him. That's what the Bible says. We'll come up with our own self-righteousness and say, well, well that's kind of bad. You know better than God. He said not to eat with him. So if the guy says, let's go to a restaurant, no, I'm not going with you, Period. What? I'm just obeying my master. It may sound evil or bad in your eyes, but the master said not to do it. And if he said not to do it, there is a reason why he says not to do it. I don't have to know the reason. I just obey him. I won't go with you. I'm sorry. I love you, but I'm not going with you. I love you, but I'm not picking up that phone. I don't want to talk to you. Because when I'm through with talking to you, I'm grieved and I can't sleep. Bible says, but know this, God wants you to know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. We are in the last days. And we have these days, they're here with us. He says, for men will be lovers of themselves, and you need to take note of all of it. Lovers of themselves, lovers of money. Basically, if, if, if they can't get anything out of it, forget it. If money doesn't come, they don't want anything to do with it. Now, when he says men, he's not talking about unbelievers. Right? He's talking about Christians. He's talking about Christians. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud. Sometimes it's a spiritual pride. Proud. Blasphemous. None of us will claim to be blasphemous. We, 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 we're beyond that. Disobedient to parents. Unthankful. Unholy. Unloving. And maybe others are, uh, you know, we, we don't do that. We are obedient to our parents. We don't blaspheme. We don't think we're proud. But what about unforgiveness? Unforgiving. 
A little thing you can't let go. You, you plan and make arrangements, you know, and all of that. And you can't talk to the person, but you're still a Christian. And you're still very spiritual. I can deal with things like that. I mean, you can make your decisions and how to avoid for peace. But if there's still bitterness there, you know it. And you're reacting. And then the Bible says you're lying against the truth when you got that in your heart. Unforgiveness, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, <laughs> despises of good, traitors, headstrong. You know, you got to have your way. It's got to be done in your way or nowhere. It's got to be done. Headstrong. This is what I want. This is how I want it. That's how it's going to be. These are symptoms of the last days. And you know something? I've always, by the grace of God, I always have it behind my back of my mind. Everyone is susceptible to this. This scripture will be, this scripture we're reading will be fulfilled in some individuals. And I don't want it to be me. And that's the key. Howdy. You know. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness but denying the power, denying his power. Now, I, we, people used to talk well about, you know, for charismatic, you believe that these uh, Baptist people, they deny the power of the Holy Spirit. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about some of the other things he already mentioned. Because if God is really working in your life, you won't have all of those things there. The unforgiveness, the un- being unloving to people, slander, no self-control, you got to have your way headstrong. That's an indication something is wrong. Nobody can persuade you. You already know, and you got your mind made up. Even if they, you, they tell you this is wrong, it doesn't matter. You got your mind made up, you got to have your way. Nobody can come in, something is not right. We have to live righteously. Holiness, holiness. That's what God wants for me. Faithfulness, faithfulness. He wants all of those things. You can do all the other things. This is what the things that are primary to him. We have to be there. It says, and from such people, what does he say to do? Turn away. Just leave them alone. Sounds cruel, right? But it's God's word. Don't associate with people like this. Before long, you're going to be just like them. That's just the way it is. Like I said earlier on, there's nothing that gets me the most than to see people having a condescending attitude towards their brothers and sisters in Christ. I just don't like that. Because we are all in this together. Amen. And it's tougher when you're doing it and there are indications in your own life that you're not there. Right. It's tougher that to, to handle that. We are not supposed to judge other Christians. And certainly you don't judge God's people. 
you make yourself the law when you do that. If I don't understand it, I may talk to my wife, but not the church. Keep my mouth shut about it. I talk to a lot of ministers. They have opinions. I have opinions. But this is not the place to express my opinions about what's going on. That's not my ministry. You understand? I have to be faithful to my calling. We have to keep this in mind when you're dealing with believers. Because see, how you operate with your brother in Christ determines what happens to your relationship with God and the grace of God in your own life. Because things may be going on wrong in your life and you think you're looking somewhere else, but what is happening is you cut yourself out of God's grace because of your attitude towards your brothers and sisters in Christ. It's very important. I will explain. Matthew chapter 9, verse 13. It says, But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For, if, for I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. That's one scripture. Let me go further. Matthew chapter 12, verse 7. But if you had known what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the guiltless. You don't judge God's people. You don't know what they are going through. You don't know. When they come in here, they have all kinds of issues in their lives. They are dealing with things in their lives. And if you are up, you should have compassion and pray. And not criticize. When you criticize and you're finding you with something, that's an indication something is not right. Or you don't have understanding. Don't, as a Christian, you know, people try to judge people's motives. I don't know what they're thinking. Until I hear you, I really don't know. But to be alluding to something in their lives or making judgments in their lives, you don't really know what you're doing. You shouldn't go there. That's why Jesus said, judge not that you be not judged. It doesn't mean that we don't make decisions based on what you see going on in people's lives. I have to do that so I can correct them. But you must always come from the viewpoint of redemption. Otherwise, you're wrong. It's got to be I'm trying to help. And then God will make you even see more so you can help the people. But once you go on the critical side, you miss out on grace. And you are on your own. I'd like to dive right and go to another scripture. Jude 16. Just one chapter. It says, these are, we got it? Jude. Book before Revelation. Thank you. <laughs> I'm not going here, Linda, today after service. <laughs> I'm running. <laughs> I've come to really love that lady. Eh? <laughs> we fight back and forth. <laughs> 
It says, these are grumblers, complainers, walking according to their own lust, and they, they, they mouth great swelling words, flattering people to gain advantage. I don't like spiritual talk. And I really, I know the Lord speaks to people, but don't, don't be flippant with God said, God said around me. I really don't look to those. I'm just being very frank with you. And I'm giving you, this is not something to do. If God, I'm giving you by the grace of God instruction. If God, even if you know that God has spoken to you, don't tell people God said until at least part of it has been fulfilled and you know without a doubt. Because you lose credibility after you've told them God said, and then later they find out. Do you understand what I'm saying? I don't, you don't do that. And sometimes Christians do that to gain advantage. And they won't listen. i give you a story here. A, a, a new Christian came into our church some maybe a few years ago. And... Uh, sent an email to Angel and I claiming basically that God had asked her to lead the women's group. Huh? That God spoke to her and that Angela needed basically relinquish your hold on this women's group and let me, they won't come out directly, but I know where they're going. And I said, the Bible says don't give a new convert that kind of job. So what God spoke to you? How can God go against his word? And she says, well, I've delivered the message God gave to me to give to you. Now it's up to you whether you obey God or not. I say, not, if it was the God of heaven, I will obey. But this other God you're talking about, I can't obey this God, okay? <laughs> but they use swelling words to gain advantage. You're not going to do that with me. That's why it's so important to hold on to scriptures. Very important. Stay with the scriptures. I share this scripture to you, James 4, 11. Do not speak evil of one another, brethren. He who speaks evil of a brother and judges his brother, what does he do? speaks evil of the law and judges the law. So you make yourself the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. That's so important. You read the scriptures before? These things are there for us. You have to be careful before you make judgments your brothers and sisters in Christ. I want to talk a little bit about the wisdom of God. If God is really at work in your life, how I can know? And if God is not at work in your life, you may be claiming that God is doing certain things and doing things in your life and speaking to you. I can tell based on your attitude whether it's God that's behind it or some other thing that I really cannot identify. And I want you all to understand that. So when you're dealing with brothers and sisters as we grow, you can tell. You don't have to judge them. You just know what it is. You don't have to get mad like I did on Sunday. But you can. 
but we are living for Christ. It's so important. It's not about these external things. It's about pleasing him and living right before him. That's what's important. And I say this because I love the people of God. It's always been my life all, all to today. Uh, I think as a pastor today, is I've seen a lot. And I have learned a lot. Angela and I say it so much. I have never learned more in my entire life than this Six years. It's been a road, just walking people and getting to understand and, and never being, don't want to be judged, but praying for them, hoping that God will give whoever it is whatever they desire in their heart. That's my prayer. But look at what the Bible says in James chapter 3, verse 14 through 17. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking, in your heart, do not boast and lie against the truth. Usually, it's there in your heart, and you're acting, but you are not. Sometimes we are subconsciously acting, uh, but this is because you are seeking your own will. You want things done, you know, your own way. Self-seeking, you got envy, but that's hidden. is never seen. All people see is the out, but you cover it. But you're lying against the truth. He says, this wisdom does not descend from above. So you're claiming to have some kind of wisdom and operating out of some kind of God-given revelation. But when there's envy, there's self-seeking. He says, this wisdom is not from above, but it's earthly, sensual, demonic, or devilish. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing there. So whatever you claim is happening, if it's causing people confusion and all kinds of problems, then I know this is not coming from God. I can discern that. Because if it's of God, it will manifest itself in a different way. Verse 17. But the wisdom that is from, from above is what first? Pure. I'm showing you by the grace of God how to how to identify when something is really from God. It's first the wisdom that's from God. The word of God is the word of wisdom. It's first pure. Then what? Peaceable. And then what? Gentle. And then willing to yield. So when they are not willing to yield, you know. Do you understand what I'm saying? Even though it's a wisdom from God and you have the revelation, when the people don't get it yet, you back off. That's the wisdom from God. But if you struggle, I've got to have my way or else I know it's not from God. You're just talking. Do you understand what I'm saying? This is what I know and that's how I examine things that I'm going around, on around me. He's first peaceable. He brings peace. And if it's causing confusion in the hearts of people and people are confused, something is not right. Obviously. This is, these are not my words. These are scriptural words. I mean, this is coming from the Lord. But we are in the last days. Some people will not listen. That's the thing. It's for, the, the wisdom that is from above is first pure. Then peaceable. So you got pure, then it's peaceable. Gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy 
10, full of mercy. So even if they don't get it, there is mercy, no judgment. Full of mercy and good fruit, without partiality and without hypocrisy. That's how you tell. That's why I insist we must know the scriptures. Amen? This is the only way to judge, but otherwise you'll be deceived. Because you will call something that is not of God and go for it is God. And let me tell you something. I talk about my background. Once you get into it and a demon influences you, it's not easy to recover yourself. It's difficult. Very difficult. Because if a doctrine or whatever it is is not from God and you lash onto it, guess what's going to come in there? A demonic stronghold. And it takes a while to get out of it. And being very frank with you today. It's so important that we grow in Christ and not be unwise, but be wise. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual things. So you don't get caught in the tricks of the devil. But look, 1 Corinthians 2, verse 6 through 7. However, we speak wisdom among those who are what? Mature. Yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. The hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for what? Our glory. That means when you have the wisdom of God, you have glory upon your life. And the Bible tells us this. Wisdom is the principal thing. Wisdom is the principal thing. And the only way you can get wisdom, obtain wisdom, is from this book. It's a dangerous world. We are in the last days. And we really need to be careful. It's not like we have to look for demons and false teachings here and there. If God leads me, I go after it. If it's not, I stay. But I'm confident that the Lord that brought me to him, he's going to keep me till the end. See, like I said, it's not me just being a pastor. (laughs) I'm first a Christian and I must make it. And then hopefully, by the grace of God, I bring a lot along with me, others. To follow Christ and serve him faithfully. So wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore get wisdom. And in all you are getting, get understanding. Exalt her, that's wisdom. And she will promote you. She will bring you honor. When you embrace her, she will place on your head an ornament of what? Of grace. A crown of glory she will deliver to you. And the word of God is wisdom. That's where we stay. Wisdom. Wisdom. Will you stand up with me tonight? (laughs) I would like you to examine your own life. Examine what's going on in you and, uh, and grow up as a believer. <laughs> Christ.
Christians have been disappointed today because we are looking to leaders that have disappointed us. And we're looking at for things in the wrong places. It's never in man. It's always in God. And you have to look to the scriptures because God is doing the work in your life, whether you know it or not. He's reading a book today. He has a call on your life. Whether you are a minister or not, there is a call in your life. There's something that God is putting there. Pursue after that call. Forget everything else. Pursue. The book was saying some people are living other people's calls because they see these glorious things or this glamorous thing and they want that and they miss out on their call. Stay with your call. That's how God will bless you, bless your family, bless everything around you. Would you lift your hands up to the Lord tonight and just tell him you're grateful. Thank him. Father, I thank you. I give you praise and I give you glory. Minister to your people, Lord, and I bless your people in the name of Jesus. Lord, I ask that you give us that spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Lord, that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. That's what your scriptures, your word says. That the eyes of our understanding be enlightened. So we will know the hope of our calling. And experience the power that you've given to us. We thank you. Thank you for revealing your words to us. So we can live by these words. Open our eyes. Give us understanding. Help us to know the hope of our calling. Help us to know the power that you demonstrated in us. When you, when you brought us to you, it's the same power you demonstrated in Christ when you raised him from the dead. That power is available to us. Help us to tap into it so we can live a life that's victorious, full of love, compassion, great kindness, mercy, a desire to see the other one prospering. And doing well in God. That's what it's all about. And we love you God. Thank you Jesus for being with us. Thank you for living inside of us. Thank you for making us. All that your father. Jesus. Designed us to be. By the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus name. And God's people said. Amen. Amen. God bless you.